0: I'd like to introduce Tracy and April. Oh, look at the <laughs> green. They're going to talk. They have no presentation because they uh, believe that PowerPoints corrupt power. But let's go for it. Okay, sounds good. Thank you. We'll you the introduce yourselves and your yeah. topic.
1: Thank you, Ross. Thank you, Thomas. Wow, what inspiration. And thank you for acknowledging our. Indigenous people here, ancestors and the land. And April will just put on our website. The Valley Centre started in 1992. And it was the same year of the first Rio Earth Summit. First time all the leaders came together. And we started looking officially around the planet about this thing called sustainability and changing our thinking. So the Valley started with this idea that there were two things... The founders had grown up in small country towns, but they knew intuitively there were the two things we had to strive for. Coming back to this sense of spirit, soul, who we really are, and come back to nature. These were just the two things that they knew they had to drive for, and show a model for the future, how this is going to look, and kids were most important. So for the last 26 years, we've done action research around this, what is sustainable community? And we find out that it's something only four or five decades ago, most communities, most towns, in First Nations, non-First Nations, were primarily self-sufficient. Yeah. Only four, five decades. We had to create this word called sustainability for something that was fast disappearing because we sold out on our natural resources. They came, became corporatized. So when you had your little towns, they had their local bank, they were looking after water, food, energy, housing. The communities looked after themselves. And kids grew up with a relationship with the earth. Obviously, our First Nations people, tens of thousands of years of more understanding. But in this process, we began to see that our well-being inextricably linked with the Earth, inextricably linked with each other, inextricably linked with this sense of looking after each other, letting the land look after each other. And we could see this increasing curve of lack of health and well-being and purpose right across our social um, scene, I guess you'd put it. So, after all this this work four years ago, we went into quantum. (laughs) We met with our First Nations leaders in Canberra at the um, Students for Sustainability Conference and it took us to this other world. And we've been blessed and honoured to be invited around the country to different First Nations communities wanting to look at this whole process of st- st- sustainability. And what had happened first was we saw these power bills that were three and $4,000, a quarter for electricity. And this is where April and her building and founding Pingala, community solar. Incredible, because we came back to Sydney and went, oh my God, what is going on here? So solar was the first thing, independent power. But I watched after 23 years of working on sustainable community building, how do you get people excited and empowered? I watched as these people up in northwest of New South Wales Morawati people who were so struggling, this black cloud lifted as the thought of solar energy came into the picture. And they could see that they could have their own energy system. And after I saw this black cloud lift, they then said, oh, then we can do water harvesting and then we can get our kids trained and we can do food production. I went, oh, my God, this <coughs> is incredible... To- I was watching the activation, the empowerment of this beautiful First Nations community and I just get goosebumps remembering the experience. And I thought, oh, wow, this is, this is how you activate communities. This is what communities want to be, empowered. Mostly they're struggling because they can't put food on the table. They're worried about their water supply. So, you know, we did this total flip and then threw ourselves in, working around the clock to see how we can get solar, community solar in and then work with the communities. It's their vision, it was their vision. So we were bringing whatever we could. So the elders said, you know what? You're the other half of the coin. And we went, ah, oh, what does that mean? Well, you understand the cultural sensitivity. You, you wanna drop every hat that you thought you ever wore, anything you thought you ever known and you're willing to go on a learning curve. Oh, yes! And so this experience of going with taller communities and learning what it is to feel through your feet and feel <coughs> with your feet and your heart this great sacred continent. And to hear the wisdom of the elders and the stories and the very sad stories that most people don't know, holding back the tears. But as we would come back to the city and share these stories all our colleagues, you know, thousands of people, our big networks saying, oh, my God, we had no idea this was happening. And so this incredible groundswell and this excitement to bridge this gap, ancient wisdom, renewable technology, the other <coughs> half of the coin, but it meant we had to be sensitive, let go everything we knew, take off every hat and just be open-hearted and willing to learn, willing to value and appreciate what happens, and what this ancient knowledge is, to feel that you're part of the biosphere, to feel that you're part of all the creatures and our beautiful land and the waters. It's its a switch that goes on, because I believe we all come from indigenous cultures, <coughs> but they're hundreds of years ago for some of us. And it's a long time since we've been in that integrated community space. And Something happens when you're hanging out with a mob, your blood starts to boil. It's almost like the memory in your blood starts to wake up and you start to remember. <coughs> that we're a part of everything. And the earth loves us. And we're here to look after each other. And it's this care and warmth. When we sat in the last two sessions and Anne and Ian and Thomas start speaking, my heart just starts to buzz with energy and I get so hot because it's this connecting, as Anne's saying, it's letting that snake that connection with the earth, wake us up and get passionate. Stop trying to deal with this problem in here because this is never going to get it. We're all part of each other. So going around the country, being invited to these communities and seeing some of the incredible challenges, communities where they overnight diesel generators were taken out and people were refugees overnight because they had no power. Uh, and the next day, some mining company says, hey, we found gold. You know, all these inequities and this corruption sliding under the radar as we have going by invitation, how can we help? What technologies can we bring? And watching the communities with great vision and with this incredible inclusive kids, elders, the re- repurposing of elders, this incredible knowledge that elders have kids seeing that there's a there's a purpose there's a there's some way we're going with this they're going to be trained so working with many partners we've been very blessed to be going to these communities and sharing this ancient wisdom and working with the communities around their visioning for sustainable community building and it is inspirational, this is how you do it, this is how you do it and it's this glue and this, this culture of caring for each other, this integrated community model we were looking after each other so just a quick snapshot of some of the communities we've been talking to the elders because a lot of the time our job is to try and get funding helping to turn these models into something that number crunches and financial people will see as viable profitable businesses and what structure is used to do that so This has been an exciting time and in February this year we were delighted to be asked to bring the elders to the (coughs) Australian Community Renewable Energy Congress in Melbourne Town Hall. Mm -hmm. And it was history making. We had nearly 30 elders from across the country and two from Canada, our partner, Commonwealth Nation, Chief Gordon Planis and... Melina Lubicon Massimo came over, um, a beautiful experience. The Elders got on stage as the first plenary, for those of you who were there, there's a few of you who can recognise, and it was really tough for some of these pe- people because these Elders, some of them had just come straight from the bush. So for them to come into a city was really terrifying and to help them get 10 seconds of talk talking about what they were doing was really tough. But when they got on stage, there was no stopping them and people got to hear the stories of what's happening on country for the first time. You could have heard a pin drop. There wasn't a dry eye in the room, and it was history. It was ancient knowledge and wisdom meeting the new way of thinking, the new economy that's growing, and we joined hands and and began to go forward. From this process, um, in the elders' room, in this beautiful room, and everybody was invited to come. And the, the Australian First Nations Renewable Energy Alliance was born. And I can still remember Fred getting up. You can see Fred down the bottom, the, the second last photo there. And he announced it. And it was the most exciting thing for this whole Congress. So, it this fusing, this, this coming together as one people's renewable technologies marrying with this ancient way of living together and learning from the earth, becoming one with the natural world again. So after the, the two, three days, and um, we traveled with Chief Gordon Planners to see him up the top there, up to Cairns. Now there's three nations up there, we're in constant contact and we go and visit them regularly. And there's 20,000 First Nations people, three, three nations, going off grid on country. And so we've been working with them for a couple of years Um, how do they go about this and their process is very interesting Um, through native title and the healing process all these steps towards this very methodical this is going to be um, setting a great benchmark different communities, different processes but the end game is the same communities back on country with self-sufficient incomes and revenue streams, kids Um, excited about learning and and knowing there's a future and integration where they're opening their hearts and doors to communities right around these nations that want to do similar things. So I'm going to throw to April (coughs) to share some of these experiences with you because we want to bring them back to the city. (coughs) and and make you part of this because whilst we're learning and building and being innovative here in the cities to make this direct to country, this is an important thing, so it doesn't get stuck in the top end of town and these great innovations get stuck They can actually go direct to community because I believe this is what we're seeing. We're seeing it already. It's not about to happen. It's already happening in our First Nations and our remote and rural communities. They are reinventing the oldest model on the planet, and that is the sustainable community model. It's been around since we have been here, variations on a theme around the planet, but it is rebuilding as we look after each other and the planet. Take it away, April.
2: not exactly sure what you had in mind for me to say, but I will um, start by um, once again acknowledging the elders and the traditional custodians of this beautiful, beautiful land we're meeting on today. Um, it's always really important for me to ground in the place where I am, otherwise I feel like I can't connect with anyone, so it's yeah, really important for me to, to say that before we, before I begin. Um, I've been with the Valley Centre for a couple of years now. i um, primarily project managing a lot of this this side of our work, which is working with these communities. Um, And before I go into a bit of that detail, coming to this conference um, and hearing everybody speak, it's like we we actually can't create a new economy without traditional ancient knowledge at the centre, at the core. Um, It won't work in Australia. We need to have this balance... With the this ancientness, the 65,000 years plus of history and, and understanding and wisdom of this land, coupled with innovative modern ideas that move forward, so a lot of the conversations that we've been having without mob in the room for me have, have been you know missing half half the conversation. So it's really great that you know black and white fellas in here. We're going to talk about it and we're going to ideate together and and create together. It's the only way forward. Um, and that's why I love the work that we do. It's, it's, it's very humbling, we, we just go where we're invited. Um, communities have visions, um, they have great ideas, they have a lot of, a lot of issues, but they know the solutions. Um, and they just want real people to work with them, to not exploit them, to not steal their ideas, to not control, <coughs> so they can see their visions through. It is so simple. Um, so when we go out, we sit, we listen, we learn, Connect the country, and then they tell us their visions and ideas, and kind of funnel it, structure it a little bit, and make it happen. Um, and so, as Trace mentioned, a lot of a lot of it is solar, a lot of it is energy. Um, you know, a lot of communities are on diesel mm. or fringe of grid where energy costs are just way outstripping um, their incomes. As Thomas, was saying, you were know, saying, not a lot of industry in some communities, thanks, um, and so it's all about independent power sources, jobs, self-sufficiency, so they can stay on country, have their kids on country, protect country, you know, there's, there's mines everywhere, and if the people aren't on country, then they'll just, corporations will have free reign. So there's so many facets to why it's so important to have um, mob yet to stay in their communities, and it's not just solar technology though. There's um, Uncle Aki; he's in one of these pictures, and his real drive is healing the kids. And so he gets them out on the river, and they do work with horses, and a yarn around the fire. And suddenly, the kids don't want to take drugs anymore, they don't want to have alcohol on the weekends or whatever. So it's it's completely holistic, and every community has their own set of projects and and we just work with them wherever it makes sense. Um, And, you know, I could go on forever, but it'd be great to have some discussions and other people saying whatever they want to say. And, um, yeah, any last things you want to add, Trace? I think, um,
1: yeah, when we're being hypothetical and we're theorising about things, we're forgetting and neglecting this beautiful ancient wisdom and these beautiful cultures that know how to stick together and have been through to hell and back, you know. But they know how to stick together. And I think that's the real key to this new economy. It's sticking together. And knowing we we just have to move forward, open to learning, and being aware that we this care for each other stops this alienation. It's divide and conquer. We get rid of that and... The future is ours. We start to move ahead. So, this is what we're seeing. The new economy is here. It is happening. And watch this space because, yeah, up in the Cape, three nations up there completely reconfiguring all the, the industry so that the First Nations there own and run these significant businesses and uh, new agriculture. It's theirs and it's there for a hundred years and then the next hundred years, not for the dividends and the shareholders.
0: As we said in the other sessions, you know, the new economy's already started. Mm. And uh, if it didn't start, you guys wouldn't be here. So thanks very much uh, for that, tracy And I really appreciate that. I mean, they, they actually talk about, um, I think one of the critical things, when you're going back on country, going back with traditional owners, it's really good to take your shoes and something. put your foot on the ground, feel the energy, feel the power. And we're all too worried about, uh, Walking there with shoes and stuff, and uh, you know you get that disconnect. You know? And um, I learned that because these old shoes here you know, when I went out to Uluru, they were all red. And <laughs> trying to get the dust out of them, and then I get you know, um, it's practically impossible. And then I took my feet, uh, yeah, my shoes off, and then uh, yeah, you know, that dust it just permeates everything. And it's wonderful because you, in fact, you actually feel it. Um, the other thing is, is that uh, you actually talked about. Um, being a part of everything, and that's the critical thing. Now, humans try to disassociate ourselves from the natural environment and, and nature, and we've lost all sense because we have a, a sense of entitlement that we, uh, if we possess the land, then we can destroy it and we can maximise the benefit um, out of it by destroying it, uh, which is which is a sad reminder of uh, that whole um, psyche, if you like, um, and. Uh, the, and the other critical thing you talked to about, um, April, is that, and we always say it as Indigenous people, don't talk about us without us, you know? mm-hmm. it's really to include us in the conversation, having us in the conversation, mm-hmm. and we can with solutions right. and ideas, I think it's really quick.